who knows what tomorrow is? Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is a holiday. <laughs> not, not real sure if most would consider it important or not. It's uh, unique in its nature. It's not necessarily giving thanks for anything in particular, like Thanksgiving or celebrating our Savior's birth or commemorating the sacrifice he paid, like Christmas and Easter. Or it's filled with a little bit of fun and cheer, sharing love with others. Um, the story behind it goes back quite a long ways to the third century in Rome. Um, turns out, when looking at it, there are as many as a dozen St. Valentines on the roster <laughs> that the uh, Roman Catholic Church uh, recognizes. They're the ones who canonize the saints and all that we tend to see in our holiday calendars, like Valentine's and Patrick. Um, there's many as a dozen, but the holiday itself can be attributed to one of, if not all three, that were there in Rome in the third century. All three found themselves beheaded by Claudius, pagan emperor. Claudius II beheaded three bishops in or around Rome for secretly marrying Christian soldiers because it was against Claudius's laws for Christian soldiers to be married or for any soldier to be married because he feared that the soldiers would be more concerned with their wife and their family than they would be with fighting with their brothers in arms away from home. And so he outlawed marriage. But these bishops were secretly marrying these soldiers and it happens that three of them's names were Valentine. And we don't see any recognition other than their martyrdom and acts uh, until the 14th century when Chaucer wrote of February 14th being St. Valentine's Feast. So, a little history for you. Kind of something I found that was kind of neat. But as humans, we tend to look at love from a worldly perspective. We think of love as something we share physically or emotionally and not just something that we share. We, we look at it as friendship or familial or sexual and we construe what God's love is and we twist it to our worldly eyesight and our worldly ways and we forget what it really means to love somebody. What it really means to share the truth of God with somebody. And what it really means to sacrifice for somebody. And John reminded the church in his epistles, in his letters, of what that love was. And when you turn to 1 John chapter 4, you see what the love of God looks like and how we should be living according to that. And starting in verse 7, he says, Dear friends, let us love one another because love 
is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only Son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son as the world's Savior. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. In this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother or sister, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And we have this command from him. The one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. You see, there are some very powerful statements through that entire bit of this letter that tell us what love really is, what God's love is. We, we so blindly follow the world's ideas of love, the man's and people's ideas of love, we forget to look at love from God's perspective. When we're reading this little bit of passage here, the first thing that pops out to me is in verse 8. It says, The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. That simple three-word statement, God is love. It is so powerful a statement. It means so much. It tells me that God's love is the same as Him. It is everlasting. It never stops, no matter what is going on in your life. No matter what you're doing, His love is still there. And it's that type of love that when you're in the wrong, it corrects you because it's made of truth. When you're in the right, it uplifts you because it's made of truth, because it is God himself pouring out himself to each and every one of us, to even the people who are lost in sin. He pours out his love to them because he wants them to return to him. He wants them to turn from whatever sinful ways they are trapped in and come to him. See, man's love, people's love, we tend to put limits on it. It stops, it goes. It starts here. 
you know, I, I can't fathom loving a stranger because I don't know that person. I have to get to know that person before I love them, right? God doesn't work that way. He knows us already. He knows us already. He loves us the way children love each other on the school ground. Think of that. Little, little five or six-year-old children, they only know what they've learned from each other, but before they learn anything, they're willing to play with anyone. A small child has never met a stranger. They're taught to hate people. They're taught to stay away from certain people. From us. Because that's the way people love. Is we start and stop it. You know, I like that person until they hurt me. I'm friends with so-and-so until he does me wrong. I love my wife until she hurts my feelings. And then I won't stay in another room. Or worse, people get divorced because they're not willing to work that out. To talk to each other. To love each other. Through everything. Yes, our feelings will be hurt by the actions of others. That's life. That doesn't mean you stop loving. We are to learn to love like God. We've got to learn to love through the hard things. God's love doesn't end because God is love. And then as you read on, verses 9 and 10, it says, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent His, His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. And love consists in them, not, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. See, God's love has purpose. And quite often our love doesn't. It's emotional. It's attached to certain things. It's just sentimental. Think about that. How often do we misuse the phrase love? I, lo I love that movie. It's a movie. It has no purpose other than entertainment. I love this food over that food. Or I love that book. I love that song. I love the feel of the sunshine. It, it's sentimental. See, God's, per, God's love was with purpose. He sent His Son as a sacrifice. See, when I love my family, I'm willing to do anything for them. To serve them. To honor them. To uplift them. To support them. It has purpose. And that same kind of love needs to be shared with others. If I'm willing to say that I love the stranger on the street, I should be willing to give him something to help him, even if it's just a moment. Even if it's just a cup of coffee or a meal. There's sacrifice. There's purpose. Maybe we should rethink the way we use certain words like love and awesome. That's a popular word, is awesome. 
means full of awe. Was that movie really awesome? Or was it just a really good movie? Sometimes we don't think about the words we're using and what they really mean. Did you really love that movie? Or was it just a really good movie and you liked it? Had a good storyline or something? Right? I really love my wife. I'm willing to sacrifice for my wife. I'm willing to work to support my wife. I'm not going to sacrifice for a movie. I'm not going to work and support a movie. I'm not going to work and support a hamburger or a slice of pizza. There's a difference. And that's what God's love is. God sacrificed His Son, Himself incarnate for us. He paid that price to atone for our unrighteousness. Because He loves us so much, He wants us with Him. And the only way that was going to happen was through Him. And then if you skip down to verse 12, it says, No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us, and His love is made complete in us. That word complete means there's nothing missing in His love. When we show love to one another, His love is made complete. We're the missing piece. without us showing his love to one another his sacrifice is almost meaningless we are the missing piece God's love is whole not part of us not a piece of us someone asks you what is it that you love about your spouse well I love her eyes I love her smile don't you just love her Don't you just love him? What do you love about your children? I love their their quirky attitude and their silliness. Don't you just love them as a whole? Regardless of what they've done or who they are. Love them. Your friends, even your enemies. There's a passage I didn't look it up. I can't remember the exact verse, but it says that you'd be heaping coals on the heads of your enemies by showing them love. Because as much hate and animosity as they show you and you smile back, and you say, God loves you anyway, and so I love you also. You take away from their power by showing them love. down in verse 14 it says we've seen and we testify that the father has sent his son as the world's savior see there's so many people who want to argue that there are only certain elect people who Jesus died for the bible tells us over and over again it's because God loved the world 
all people. All people have that opportunity of salvation through Christ because God made that sacrifice for all people, not just Jews, not just Gentiles, but both. All people. Rich, poor, those in a mansion and those on the streets. Men, women, no matter your nationality, skin color, any of There's no limits to God's love. See, God's love is for everyone. We simply select certain people. I'm going to love my family or my friends, my co-workers. I can get along with them, tolerate them maybe. I don't know if I want to love them. It's how we think. God's love is for all. See, he put the decision of whether or not we follow him on us. He gave us the willpower to say yes or no. Those of us who said yes, God, you are my Savior. We now also have the responsibility to turn to those who say no and say there are consequences. And because he loves you and because I love you, I want to share those consequences with you so that you can make a decision, an informed decision. Heaven is real. Hell is real. And there's no other choices than those. And there's only one gate to heaven. And that's through Jesus Christ. And a lot of people will call us names, bigots, say that we're filled with hate and that we're so narrow-minded. But the truth is the truth. And the fact of the matter is Jesus is the only way because he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Sometimes I like to think that God might have been a mathematician because his narrow path of truth is as straight as mathematics. Two plus two will always be four. No matter how much someone would argue that it may be five or three. doesn't matter where you're at or when you're at. If I have two rocks and you have two rocks, we have four rocks together. every language, every society, every ethnicity, every culture. Two and two is always four. And Jesus is always the only one. Then on down in verse 18, it's one of, one of my favorites there. It says, There is no fear in love, Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. God's love is unconditional. 
fear does not drive out God's love. Differences does not drive out God's love. There are no conditions. There is nothing you can do to earn the favor of God. His love is there. You can accept it or deny it. But it's still there. And as a just and loving God, He will give you what you've asked for. See, when it comes down to it, the truth is, God, I really want to go to heaven and I want to be with you. I accept your Son as my Savior. Yes, Son. Yes, Daughter. Welcome home. Or God, I just want you out of my life. Yes, son. Yes, daughter. Go there where I'm not. The choice is ours. And that's the hard, true line of it, drawn in the sand. He honors our choice and gives us what we ask for without condition. All he says is, accept the sacrifice paid or denied. And you've made your choice whether or not you want to be with me. But the choice is there. Unconditionally. Yes or no. See, we as humans put so many conditions on love. So many favors paid back and forth. He just loves us. If we can learn to be unconditional in our love and say, look, if you want me in your life, great, I'll be there. If you don't, tell me. I won't, but I still love you. And say, I don't care who you are or where you come from, I'm going to love you. We can learn to love even those who hate us. If we stop being so sentimental with love and be purposeful with love, show our love through actions. That if you truly love someone, do something for them without expecting anything in return. God paid that sacrifice with no expectations. I'm going to the cross and I'm going to die. And in three days I will rise. The rest is up to you. No expectations. You know how many times we hold people to what they owe us or what we think they owe us. I've done so much for you and you do nothing. So we pull that love away from them. How much more would it be to say, you know all that stuff I've done for you and you've been trying to pay back? Man, don't worry about that. And that's going to be the hardest thing anybody would ever have to do. 
That's, that's purposeful. That's sacrificial. That's giving something up with no expectations. And it's so hard to do. It's so hard. We have to learn to love endlessly. And no matter what the person does, no matter how mad they make you, you're still willing to say, I love you. No matter what. Yes, you hurt my feelings. Yes, you stole from me. Yes, you robbed me. Even if it's just robbing me of my joy, I still love you. When we can learn to love like God, there's nothing that can stop us in this world. When we can learn that when we're working, we work as if we're working for God expressing joy and showing love to those around us, no matter what's going on, no matter how bad the day is. We'll find that work is not unbearable. Life is not unbearable. There is hope and there is joy to be found because we love like God. So as we go into this next week, a little practicality into how you love people. But you don't worry about conditions. You don't worry about favors being returned or debts being paid. But that you serve them with a loving attitude. And what you might find is that not only will the debts be paid probably return in interest. Not only will that person who has sought to hurt you stop trying, but he may even show you a little kindness. Not only will the arguing stop, but you may even resolve some conflict in your home. I've seen that happen. Just think on the scripture and how God chose to love us with his entire being through sacrifice and without condition. And just try to show that kind of love to at least one other person this week. And watch how it don't just change your life, but theirs. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for the message that you've given us and the love and kindness that you have shown us, the mercy that you have on this sinner. Thank you for paving the way to get to you, Lord, and giving us the message of hope 
mercy and justice that we can find in Jesus Christ so that we can be eternally with you, Lord. That we have that option and that opportunity to say, yes, Lord, I accept your sacrifice. And I offer you nothing but myself in return. Give us the strength and the courage to carry that message into the world and to share your kind of love with those around us. Show that kind of kindness and gratitude to those that are around us, Lord. Please put it on hearts and minds everyone who hears this message that they have the choice and the power to love like you. And put it in the hearts and the minds of those who would be the recipients of that love so that they can recognize your love when they see it and return it to those who show it and share it with the others that are around them so that it spreads like wildfire among this land, Lord. This entire land, the whole world needs your love. It's what we're missing and I hope and pray that you share that love throughout this world that it spreads and that if it's the ember in this church that sparks the fire Lord so be it please let it allow please allow it to spread and Lord keep us all humble so that even if it is the ember in this church that we take no credit but give it all back to you And that if that fire starts somewhere else, Lord, just let us be a part that keeps it burning. I ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.